Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. the Chimerican. And tonight is night 36 in 60 Days of Halloween. Um, yeah. 36. There's a lot of days. 36. And, uh, and we are starting J.R. Mount's Fear of Death Week. So... So this should be fun. You know, we've gone from uh, just fear of being a parent to fear of dying. Yeah, this is, I don't, such a unique fear too. Like, I don't know anybody else who has this fear. <laughs> really? Because I was going to say literally everyone has this fear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was going with it. <laughs> oh, right. I was using that whole irony My thing. Bad. I meant the exact opposite of what I said. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. Uh, and I love how this week is going to lead into next week, but we'll get there um, when when we get there. Uh, yeah, so we're kicking off J.R. Mount's Fear of Death Week. Um, and, you know, just like the last few weeks, we're going to go through reviews each night and then the analysis episode at the end of the week. And J.R. Mount's is going to be joining us. Uh, J.R. is an indie comic artist, graphic novel person. Uh, he, he's great. I love him. Check out his work at Scary Tales Noir. That's S-C-A-I-R-Y-T-A-L-E-S-N-O-I-R. I know how to spell. Um, all right, yeah. So tonight we... Um, oh, one, one more thing before we get started. All of the movies for the week are John Carpenter movies-ish. It's like mostly John Carpenter. One of them is not technically directed by him, but it... Well, it's not directed by him, but, you know, it counts. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to yeah, be kicking definitely. things off with The Fog. And just like all the other reviews, we're going to go through prior information. Uh, what do we think of it technically? What do we think of it emotionally? How rewatchable is it? And uh, who do we recommend it for? So, so yeah. Uh, again, we're talking about John Carpenter's The Fog from 1980, not the terrible, terrible, terrible remake from Who Even Cares When. Uh, all right. So prior information. What you got? Um, there, I don't really have a whole lot of prior information about this movie, other than the fact that I knew that there was a terrible remake of it with the dude from Smallville and was this the one that was directed? The remake I think was directed by the person who directed blank check. So if that tells you anything about the quality of the film, anyway, this isn't about the remake. This is about me watching John Carpenter's the fog, which I have wanted to see for a while because I'm a huge John Carpenter fan, but it's just one of those that's always kind of slipped by me. Um, I went into it with some pretty high expectations. I've heard great things about it. Um, and you'll see what did, I thought about it after. Did those but, expectations shape uh, shape your experience? I think they did a little bit, just a little bit. I I think they did too, um, because yeah, even from just when we were talking about it um, before we started recording, I, we have some slightly different views on it. But yeah, we'll we'll get there in a second. Uh, my prior information is almost the same. Uh, in the sense that I love John Carpenter, I love his movies, but I only saw The Fog for the first time like one or two years ago. I mean, it, it has been recent enough that, yeah, I've only seen it like once or twice. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I absolutely love this movie. And so my prior information is this is a great John Carpenter movie and I love what he did. So, uh, so yeah, let's get into some of the technical stuff. What, what'd you think of it from purely a, a technical standpoint? I think that his direction in this movie is phenomenal. Like it is a fantastically made movie, like just the whole, just the 
aesthetic and the production design. Like he has great use of color in this movie. Um, like the ghosts in the movie are actually super creepy and you never really get to see them at like, I don't think like you don't get to see them very well at all. And it makes them even creepier. Yeah. I love the fact that these ghosts, that it was still very much like playing off of the imagination and mm. very much like part of what's going to scare you is not knowing what's going on rather than something like being like here, here's this ghost and here's exactly how it looks and it's supposed to look creepy. Like I like the fact that most of the time they were just kind of in the shadows and just kind of like this shadowy black figure. And mm. I, I loved it. Love the ghosts in this movie. I, do, I know they're fantastic. I really love just the simplicity of this movie. Like it is, it begins with, you know, an old timer around a campfire telling a ghost story. And then it kind of segues into the ghost story, which is the movie that you watch. And so like, it really does feel like a movie version of like a campfire tale. Yeah. And so this is jumping ahead a little bit to uh, to how we felt about it, but that is one of the things that I just love about The Fog. Like, it is just a plain and simple ghost story. You know, like, it's the kind of thing that scared you as a kid. Like, even, like you just said, the, the beginning with, like, this old sailor dude sitting around a campfire telling a ghost story to a group of kids. Yeah, they're all kids. I didn't mention that, but they are. Yeah, and so like that's what this is. It's just like a slightly more grown-up version. I don't think that there was any nudity. There was there was definitely some um some violence, but even that wasn't necessarily like excessive. Well, it's weird because the, I would I would call this movie violent, but there's not I don't think there's any blood. Which <sighs> I th- I don't. I don't think there's any blood in the movie. Um, it's interesting though because, like, the, when the violence happens, it's it's still pretty brutal. Oh yeah. But I think I think because of the nature of the, and I don't want to get too much into it, but because of the nature of the spirits in the film, that's the reason why the violence isn't so bloody. Because like you see them like stabbing people, and you see the like knife go into people's bodies or the sickle or whatever it is that they have. It'll like go into people's bodies, but there's no blood at all. I don't think in any. I don't think there don't, was any in any of the movies. If but. there, if there was, like it was a minimal. It's not like the kind of movie now yeah. where, like, if someone gets stabbed, it's just like you know, someone squirting ketchup. Gouts of blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's. I don't. There's really not hardly any at all. Yeah, and so like, <sighs> it's more about like just building atmosphere, and then like it's it does a great job of just like that building of tension and that release, like just constantly building and releasing with. Like it's his his direction. John Carpenter's direction is so fantastic in these movies. Like he does such a great job of like misdirection, and he he's <laughs> he's the best person when it comes to jump scares. I usually hate jump scares, but when he does it, they work so well. I one of the things that I love so so much, and this is yes, technically still technical, I guess. Even though a lot of it is just me being like, this is what I love about it. There is a double jump scare, and it is so so fantastic <laughs> yeah and it's just like that it's so good because most of the time when you get a jump scare it's like okay there was the jump and like then you go on to the next thing this was like there's the jump now i can ease my tension oh god there was another jump and it's just it's yeah, so <laughs> so good and it doesn't feel cheap is the other thing like it doesn't feel yeah. like some movies that are just using the jump scare because it's like all right well 
don't really know what else to do. Let's just throw in another jump scare right after we had one. Like it feels intentional and uh, and playing mm. with the expectations of of horror movies, and it's fantastic, and I love it. Uh, it is. If I, I this is the part where I get into where. Some of the stuff I didn't really like about it is I don't feel like any of the characters really register what? in the movie. I just other than other than Adrian Barbeau's character as the DJ, like I really liked her character. She was definitely kind of the emotional anchor of the movie, and I I love that they use her as kind of like a through line for all of the other different stories. It kind of reminded me of the Warriors, mm-hmm. how they have like a DJ that's kind of telling you about what's going on and keeping you informed. But also another thing is I don't like that the cast is so split up like the character there's the movie follows like a series of four or five different groups of people. And because of that, it feels like you never really get to know any of them. And like, it really breaks up the story a little too much that kind of like having them jumping back made me feel less invested in it. I guess it just felt kind of choppy. See, in terms I, of the character work, I completely disagree. First off, I think, mm. that, okay. So I know that you were talking about the characters, not the acting, but I, th- I think that the acting, oh, the acting was, was great. yeah, acting was great. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing. Adrian Barbeau is just, her DJ voice is so hypnotic. Like I, I want her to leave the, uh, the like the voicemail <laughs> on every phone that like, I've ever had. I um, like Jamie Lee Curtis, but I f- her storyline was just weird. Like she's like hitchhiking into town and then all of a sudden like she and Tom Atkins or I don't know. Anyway, the character, I don't sure. know the actor's name. I don't know. Um, they like they all of a sudden like are they act like they're in love, sort of like it just felt like a really um, quick. It felt too quick for me. To a me, lot of it, which is understandable. Like it's an easy thing for me to forgive because I mean it's like like we said, it's just a short little ghost story, and they're not really the point. But well, and I don't feel like they were. I don't feel like they were being presented as in love. I feel like they just kind of had a one night stand. But then we're thrown into this traumatic thing, and she was just like, "Well, I got nothing else to do. Sure, yeah, let's go hunt some ghosts." Necessarily... Like, I, I don't think that yeah, it was being presented not... that way. In, right. in terms they're of, they're not supposed to see them as in love, but like they're just very like touchy feely and like a, in like a young couple kind of way that felt odd. Eh, I I think they were fine. So here's but... why I disagree with <laughs> the characters and feeling too split up. The the movie is only kind of about the characters the biggest Mm. character is the town and so like the entire movie is about the ghosts and the town and so like by showing these uh these characters split up it's letting you know a little bit more about the town it's giving you Mm. a, a better sense of just the overall setting um you know the ghosts are back to basically kill like six people or something um and so, like, it gives you more of a sense of these ghosts are here for a very specific reason rather mm. than, like, the remake. Here, let's follow this one person and just follow them very stupidly. Remake is so bad. It's so terrible. <laughs> I need to watch it still. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, really one do. One thing I didn't mention, though, is one of the characters, char- there is one other character that I really love, and that's Father Malone. Mostly because I just love Hal Holbrook. Uh, but, like, his, <laughs> he is the coolest priest you've ever seen in a movie he looks like a hippie who decided to become a priest and he's just i don't know like there's just something about the way he plays that character that i love so much like he just seems so resigned to his fate <laughs> in that movie and like and it's it comes across as really funny like he plays it very serious and very grave but 
it was really funny to me. I love his character. Well, and like, all right. So another thing about the characters, they all, they don't really have like a, uh, a background in terms of here are the five or six people or however many that you're following. And here's exactly how they know each other. And here's all of the, um, like the close personal connections they have. It's more of like a, oh, here, the ghosts are leading us to this place, and then you get there, and you meet someone new. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, come with us as we keep trying to do this thing. Like, it almost yeah. felt a little bit more like a zombie movie in that sense, yeah, it does. where you're just, like, finding more survivors and continuing on to the next uh, the next place. It, it is nowhere near a zombie movie. Like, that's not the feel of it at all, but just how those characters interact felt a little bit more like that. But yeah, I, I love it, because, again, the ghosts and the town are the main characters. Everyone else is just filler to let you know the character of the town. It's, that's my view on it, at least. I like that, and I totally get it. I just, I don't know. I just couldn't. For me, I feel like <clears throat> with almost any movie, it really starts with the characters. Like, if you, you have to be rooting for the characters and have to really, like, kind of fall for them in a way, especially in a movie like this, before to get like the maximum emotional impact with the scare. So like whenever the ghosts actually do start attacking and start, you know, killing people and it's like, I I mean, yeah, that's sad, but I don't really care for that guy. So it's whatever. But in a way, aren't you kind of rooting for the ghosts? Kind of. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, so the first time that I saw it, I did have a lot of the same feelings that you uh, that you have right now, just in terms of like, I liked it, but it wasn't as amazing as what I heard. Uh, you know, sure, Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's not the main character, even though she kind of is, but she isn't. And like a lot of that stuff was uh, some of the same things that I thought. But on each rewatch, it's just like, man, this is so much better than than what it seems initially mm -hmm. again especially especially viewing it as that simple ghost story so you said that the expectations yeah. uh did have an impact on on your enjoyment and it's probably more technical stuff that we could talk about but let's dive into what you thought of it emotionally i really like the movie i mean you know i don't <laughs> the more i think about it the more that i kind of i i I'm into it like the more I like it it's but it is one of those things where it's like you know it's it's not very deep it's not I mean you know like like we said it's just it's just a ghost story like it's a fun campfire tale I think that it's it it would be great to just watch with a bunch of people and just kind of it's a good movie to just like if you just want to be scared and not really think about what's going on then it's perfect um I think it's a good movie I don't think it's a great movie I don't think it really ranks up there with Carpenter's other movies like The Thing or In the Mouth of Madness or whatever but um but i like it i think it's good I, just, I i sound apathetic but <laughs> you do I, yeah, you I really do a gorgeously made movie like it is a, a the production design the lighting the the effects like everything about it in terms of just technically speaking other than kind of the character work i think is just just about perfect like it's great so so for me again i disagree well i can't disagree with your opinion I think that your opinion is wrong <laughs> because I think that it is just such an amazing, an amazing Carpenter movie in part because it is so simple, you know, like the fact that he is able to take a very simple ghost story and still make it just such a great horror movie 
rather than you know other directors that um, in, in their hands it might have fallen short or it might have just yeah. been like ugh this was a waste of time but well, like that's the thing I keep thinking about too is it's like you know it does it, it's so it just seems so straightforward and like unpretentious on the surface but it still is really good and I feel like with any other person making this movie it wouldn't be nearly as good like having that kind of caliber of talent behind the camera is what really elevates this movie well watching this movie as an adult gives me the same kind of chills that reading scary stories to tell in the dark gave me as a kid yeah yeah it's very much like a like a kind of pulp novel story like yeah like scary stories to tell in the dark like a movie version of that but like scary stories if they made a film out of one of those stories it would be a short film like five minutes Mm -hmm. And, like, this really is essentially a five-minute story, you know, because, again, the uh, the story that the old sailor dude tells at the beginning is literally the story of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. But it, to me at least, it doesn't feel like other stuff is just added in just for padding to be like, all right, well, we have to make this feature length. Like, it feels like like a well-done feature length version of a very short ghost story. And and I love it for that. And and that's definitely something that you have to keep in mind when watching it. And like I, I will sing John Carpenter's praises all day long and I will talk about how amazing the fog is, but I do always give the caveat of it's a simple ghost story. Don't mm-hmm. expect a ton of other stuff. Just watch it as simple ghost story. You know, pirate ghost coming into a little Little island town, island town, seaside town. That's the word I was looking for. A little seaside yeah. town, and it's just like, oh god, I, yeah, I, I love it. But I'm also a huge Carpenter fanboy, so you know. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like Gore Verbinski was heavily inspired by this movie when he made Pirates of the Caribbean, the first movie, because <laughs> they like it reminds me a lot of the the pirate, the ghost pirates, and or whatever the hell they are, the pirates and Pirates of the Caribbean, the way that they're depicted. Yeah. Well, and uh, just the overall the thing of like, uh, you know, chasing after gold doubloons and. Yeah. And then there's, there's actually, even in Pirates of the Caribbean, there's kind of a fog that creeps in, which we haven't even talked about the effect of the fog itself. Really. <laughs> it is amazing. It's like fogging. It awesome. So, it's <laughs> fogging. Awesome. That is perfect. A perfect way to describe it. I love the look of this movie so much, but the way that, I don't know how they get it to work as well as they do, but the fog literally like creeps into the frame in this movie in some gorgeous ways. Like I, and I kept thinking, you know, like with the remake, since it was made in like early two thousands or whatever, it's probably just like a bland CGI crap fest of just like blurry gray matter around people. Like I, I'm sure it's not nearly as good. Yeah, it is definitely not as good. Um, you see way too much of the ghosts in the new one. Like it, uh, yeah, it, it ruins it. It kills it. It's so terrible. Um, yeah, the fog, like it, it is beautiful. It looks, it's a weird mix of like, it looks dated, but still also gorgeous, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with a lot of these movies from the eighties is it's like, yeah, I mean, it's technically kind of dated, but that is what I like about it. Like it still feels very tactile. Um, when a lot of the CG stuff just, when it's dated, it, it just feels fake and it, I don't know. There's just like kind of a magic to it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like Carpenter is just, Oh God, he's so good. 
I also love, <clears throat> and I don't know if this was intentional or if it's just me doing the thing that I do <laughs> where I put more into a movie <laughs> than was actually there, but spell out fog. F-O-G. Does that sound maybe a little bit like effigy? Effigy? Yeah. <laughs> so, you uh, know, like like an effigy of, it, it, it's like the entire town is an effigy of um of the people who eventually led the pirates to their death. And so, you know, a lot of times with someone being dang. burned in effigy. Yeah, like you get the you get the FOG, the effigy coming back. I how just, do you how do you <clears throat> Man, I never would really have picked up on that. My brain doesn't stop much. You should uh, if you could I really hope that like you get to meet John Carpenter <clears throat> one day and you bring this up to him and and see what he has to say about it cuz be like Oh, that's cool. He will probably say, "What?" Like Carpenter himself. <laughs> He'd be like, "What the hell is wrong with you, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just enjoy the movie. Damn. <laughs> it's like whatever. It's it's a movie. There's it's fog because there's fog on the water. It's, yeah, that that's it. Oh, man. <laughs> so awesome. Like that's. <laughs> I don't actually think that that was what he was going for because that almost feels like too pretentious (laughs) of a thing to do to fit fit Carpenter's style. (laughs) It's both pretentious and so ridiculous (laughs) that like... (laughs) Just like me. Um, Yes. All right. That's great. So how rewatchable is The Fog? Oh, I, th- I definitely want to rewatch it. Like, I, it's one of those where I feel like, again, I wasn't crazy about it. Like, I am about the thing or uh, any any of other Carpenter's work, really. But it's definitely it's super watchable. I would share this movie with anybody. If anybody suggested, like, hey, let's go sit down and watch this, I'd be like, yeah, definitely, let's do that. Like, if if they were playing it around town right now in, in like a group setting, I would love to go see it with a group of people. Um, it's fun. It's yeah. It's it's definitely rewatchable. Yeah, and it's only an hour and a half. <clears throat> so yeah, unlike, it's really short too. Yeah, unlike some of his other movies, like this is a really easy watch, and it it is totally rewatchable. I mean, I've not seen all of Carpenter's work, and I know some of it probably isn't amazing, but like I I don't see how any of his work can't be instantly rewatchable. Yeah. I ha- Okay, maybe not like instantly rewatchable like Pieces was, but like <laughs> I I could watch The Fog two nights in a row and not be bored and not be upset. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well, and it's one of those movies too where after I've seen it, I feel like I need to rewatch it. Yeah, like it's not just like I would rewatch it. Like I I'm, I'm probably not going to do it immediately, like you said, but I feel like I need to rewatch the movie at some point. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah yeah trying not to die. It, it is just such a good movie. I And I guess that's the thing. Like, even uh, in my description, I've been talking about, like, how much I love it. I don't think that I've called it a great movie. I've called it such a good movie over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. Like, yeah, maybe I wouldn't say that it's great, but it is really freaking good and totally yeah. rewatchable. And See, that's how, exactly how I feel. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, all right. Who would you recommend to watch it since you said that you would totally recommend it to people? <laughs> um, if you're a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, well, no, I mean, if you, I think if you, uh, 
if you're a fan of John Carpenter and you haven't seen The Fog, then you definitely need to watch The Fog. Like if you, that's one that you've definitely got to check off the list. Um, I think if you're the kind of person who just like loves scary movies but you don't like excessive violence and gore, this is perfect. And I think if you're having a sleepover. I've used this term before. And it sounds funny, <laughs> it just, but if you're year like, old dudes having a sleepover, hey guys, let's watch scary movies. I know I keep saying it like that. <laughs> if you're having friends over for the night, if you're if you're doing a Gargoyle podcast recommended horror movie night with friends, there you go. The Fog is a perfect perfect movie to watch with other people. Like if you want something that's a good movie, that's not something like Pieces that's really ridiculous and kind of bad, but also awesome. Or if you're not wanting something that's like overly serious or dramatic or like hard to watch, like if you're just looking for a good movie with good scares, The Fog is perfect. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It is an amazing popcorn Halloween movie. Not saying that it's cheap, not saying that it is simplistic. It's simple without being simplistic. Um, Mm -hmm. But but yeah, it is a great movie just to like, hey, what do you want to watch? The Fog? Yeah, sure. Just throw that on, make some popcorn, enjoy the hell out of it. It is just just a blast. Um, I would recommend it for anyone starting to get into horror. And specifically, I would recommend it as the first Carpenter movie to watch. Oh, yeah. I think that's that's the part. Like, if you are if you're trying to get into Carpenter's work, this is the great place to start. Yeah, because it's not quite as terrifying as Halloween, which, like, God, that movie still creeps me out. It is just so, so effective in what it does. Um, uh, not as creepy as Halloween. Um, not as... Not as body horrific as The Thing, which is probably my favorite Carpenter movie, but I think that's because it's the first Carpenter movie I ever saw. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I wanted to bring this up on Graham's episode, but he talked about In the Mouth of Madness was the first Carpenter movie he saw, and that was his favorite. It's, he thinks it's his favorite. The Thing is also the first one I saw, and that's definitely my favorite Carpenter movie. So I wonder if there's I wonder if there's anything to that. Well, I think that it's because uh, like both of those movies, or like Halloween, um, or like some of his other big name ones, are just mm-hmm. so so good that not just good, they are amazing that even though a lot of his other movies are also amazing, they don't compare to that initial experience. And I think that's actually part of why I think The Fog is a great introduction to Carpenter is because it gives you a lot of his style. It gives you some of his his musical composition. It gives you a lot... The music, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, it, it it is classic Carpenter. I, I don't know if I could pick it out of a lineup, but I could hear it and be like, yep, that's Carpenter. What movie is yeah. it from? Don't know, but it's Carpenter. Yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, like because it's not one of like his top, top movies, then I think that it was almost a better introduction to it because it does give you that chance to, um, well, again, to like get used to his style and to just get on board with it. And then when you go into things like The Thing or Halloween or In the Mouth of Madness, you're able to already have a little bit more of a sense of, oh, this is what I'm getting into. Now I can like just fully engross myself in, in Carpenter. So, you know, there's, there's my two cents on who to recommend it for. Literally everyone. Hard agree. Yes. Um, it's a great gateway horror movie. <laughs> And it is just, and 
that's the thing, not just Gateway, but it is also amazing for long-term horror fans, as long as you still have, like, you know, taste in movies, rather than, meh, it's not scary enough, like some people would say in response to a movie. I think those people are watching horror movies for the wrong reason. The Fog is amazing. It is scary. It's just, it, it's wonderful. Go watch it. Um, yep. All right, Eric, where do you want people to find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Chimerican, or you can find me on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews, or you can follow my personal Twitter account at Eric J A Y Harris, or or and <laughs> uh, you can uh, find my movie reviews and ratings on Letterboxd at Eric J A Y. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the Gargoyle Podcast, on Twitter at Gargoyle Podcast. And on Letterboxd at The Gargoyle. Uh, and if you've been enjoying these reviews um, and enjoying these episodes, then be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Anchor.fm. Uh, and if you have been enjoying them, let us know. Leave some feedback. Leave some comments. Let us know what scares you. Let us know what movies you would put in a week um, a week built around your fear and what palate cleanser you would have at the end uh, and why those things scare you. Um, and... Oh, God. All right. Here's all the other things that sometimes I forget to all of them. <laughs> Frightening Ass Film Fest in Chattanooga, October 27th and 28th. Um, it is always an amazing horror fest. Uh, Chris Dorch definitely has a passion for horror, so definitely make it out to that one if you can. Uh, Knoxville Horror Film Fest in Knoxville. Um, that is October 18th through 21st, and that is also just an absolutely amazing horror fest. Um, William Mahaffey and the other guy that helps him that I always forget his name because I don't think that I've actually met him in person. Sorry, other guy whose name I always forget. I probably should have had that pulled up before I started talking. But anyways, uh, William Mahaffey, uh, Knoxville Horror Film Fest, he absolutely knows his stuff. That is always just, it is one of my all-time favorite times of year. Like, it, it's sort of like... <sighs> It's like Halloween, Knox Horror Fest, Christmas is kind of my uh, my favorite times <laughs> of year. Uh, absolutely love it. If you can make it out, definitely go to it. If you do I live, can't wait. if you do it's live, my first year. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. You. It's okay. <laughs> if you do live in or around Knoxville, uh, check out Central Cinema, which is uh, put on by the same people who do Knoxville Horror Film Fest. They have. Uh, horror movies all month of October just such an amazing lineup uh, double features of Universal Monsters other classic horror movies if you love horror you need to go support Central Cinema this month and all the months but especially this month they've got just an amazing lineup and there's more um, The if you live in Cleveland the Cleveland Public Library is doing horror movies every Wednesday um and I don't have that list up in front of me right now, but you can find the list of movies um, on their Facebook page as well as the times that they're showing. Uh, these are adult horror movies, meaning they're going to have like blood and guts and swearing, not like bounce wow wow adult horror movies. They're <laughs> <clears throat> they're not showing like zombies versus strippers, um, but yeah, it is definitely swearing and blood and guts. Um, so go support Cleveland Public Library. And also, uh, the Gargoyle and Five Dollar Films. Actually, let me let me turn that around so that top billing goes to top billing. Five Dollar Films and the Gargoyle are putting on uh, a film series, also here in Cleveland at the venue Creekside. Um, it is 
the first one was last night. We showed Arachnophobia. And, oh, man, if you couldn't make it out to it, it was so much fun. Watching kids scream at all of the spiders on screen, like, that is exactly how Arachnophobia needs to be watched. Big screen, screaming kids. It was perfect. Oh, man, it sounds like a blast. Oh, oh, man, I, oh my I wasn't God. able to make it out. So much fun. $5 for the movie, $5 for all-you-can-eat tacos. Uh, last night was Arachnophobia, so if you missed that one, make sure to show up to the next one. Uh, it's going to be October 19th. Nope. Yep, that's right. October 19th, um, showing Gremlins, and then October 26th, uh, showing The Monster Squad. So come out to that. Movies, tacos, discussion, me and Rob just being bald, beardy movie fans. It's, it's, a, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. If you live in Cleveland, you absolutely need to come out and uh, support the Family Friendly Fright Night. Yeah, that's what we're calling it. Family Friendly Fright Night put on by $5 Films and The Gargoyle. Um, so, yeah, after all of those promotion things, there is a ton of stuff going on in the Southeast Tennessee region with horror and film. So if you live anywhere around here, get out and support at least one of these things. If you don't live around here, then support your local um, movie makers, support local cinema, support indie theater, support indie horror, just support movies and cinema and horror because it's a lot of fun and if you can't make it out to any of that i really just need to like put all of this on a recording and not have to say it every single time oh man yeah you could just like hit play <laughs> at the very <laughs> end and then we can go ahead and finish it like step away just breathe at the end <laughs> and if you can't make it out to any of that at least put together some horror movies to watch with your friends if you need suggestions on what to watch we have at this point 36 days worth of uh, horror movies that we have talked about minus the five analysis episodes so we have 31 reviews that we've put out so far mm. uh so plenty of reviews and far more <laughs> the craziest thing about this is like we're doing 60 days of halloween and there are so many great movies we're doing but there are so many other movies that i'm wanting to watch where i'm like oh i have to watch these podcast movies first <laughs> like there's so many other ones that we're not doing for the podcast uh -huh. that I just they're so great like oh man well and, movies are great and we will eventually get around to all of those uh but with doing these themed weeks trying to yeah it, it is both it is both uh, extremely fun and just utterly exhausting, but absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, if you, if you need horror movie recommendations, reach out to me or Eric. Uh, we give you our social medias. If you're like, hey, what's a good horror movie to watch in this setting? And we will be more than glad to tell you what would be perfect in that situation. Um, most of our tastes in movies is probably pretty similar, but there are going to be a few times that Eric and I would differ on things, such mm. as, you know, whether or not the fog is an amazing carpenter movie uh, it, it is it's a it's a good carpenter <laughs> movie. good i like it <laughs> i love it uh yeah, so if you can't make it out to anything, oh, then yep. just put together movie nights, watch them with your friends. Glad to provide recommendations. So after all of that rambling, that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. Oh, wait, crap, one more thing. Tomorrow we are talking about the thing. So that's going to be the next episode. Be one more thing. <laughs> Literally one more thing. There. So be sure to come back for that episode now. That's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. the Chimerican. And watch out for the fog, kids. <laughs>